We are back with Creative Spaces. Today we're taking some time out to go in a different direction. Margaret Moraski is joining us today, fabulous marketer, incredible retail expert, and frankly a genius problem solver who very much believes in creativity, kind of at the foundation of figuring out how to carve through complex problems and complicated challenges. So she's joining us today to talk about retail and the consumer and the changing dynamics that she and he are going through to try to make decisions about what to buy or not to buy, but more importantly, what to experience and what to connect with. So I've been thinking a lot about connectivity, relationships, um, my own with my family, my own with my friends, what I do on a daily basis. And I think that this movement that is happening is about people taking a breath and stepping away from consumerism and the madness that we see every day. And that's not to say that women and men will not shop because I'd be hard pressed to believe that a woman will stop shopping. But there is this moment in time where folks are taking a step back and they want that to be more meaningful. And what keeps me up at night when I'm up at night and it's not Netflix is, yeah. is how do you connect to a consumer or a person without knowing them intimately? Yep. Yeah, and we've obviously talked about this over lots of lunches and, and cocktails and things over the years. As we've evolved this conversation, the, the conversation has changed too. We've, we were, we've said for many years the homogeneity of retail. No matter where you are in America, you could close your eyes and open it, and I wouldn't tell you what city you're in, and they kind of all look the same. Mm -hmm. The malls kind of all look the same. The store experiences are all the same. And it's a little bit of a metaphor for what's happening. The, the kind of vanilla state, so to speak, of experiences that people are having right. versus what you're saying, which is the truth of what I really need, really want, actually. Well, right? even, That's more profound, no? It's even more frightening to me because you have the similarity, and then now what I hear and see, and, and we love data and we love research and we love our analysis, is that movie Minority Report, which however many mm, years ago yeah. seemed frightening that you were yeah. going to get your own ad as you walked in and you thought that wasn't possible. And the inundation of information that we get now is about personalization and the one-on-one -on -one and blah, blah, blah. And it is almost less personal to me as we go all the way to the it's data and the, the science way, right? that yeah. right, that we're losing while humanity and people are looking for a core connection, a reason for being, all, all of that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm a little bit frightened, not with being marketed to by what's relevant to me, but frightened by the depersonalization of personalization. Yep. Right, it's almost like brands have worked harder and harder to get closer and closer to, into our lives. And somewhere along the line, they crossed the line. I agree. And they got too close, and we didn't invite them in, right? We didn't allow that kind of level of intimacy. Exactly. And I suppose what we're finding is that I am the, the, the person, I am the new focus. Know me. Know me. Believe in me, trust me, I know what's best for me, not you, the brand. The transformative me, really, is kind of where people have moved to, that everything we do is really tied to how do I feel? 
what do I want? Where am I going? And it's not this narcissism per se. It's actually a reaction to the overzealousness of everything, mm -hmm. not just marketing, life, presidents, presidential administrations, you know, the crazy global world we live in and so the on. Always on accessibility. Yeah, yeah, no, right. That really, I'm the new luxury. Luxury is not the product. The experience is not the product. The experience is really to, to create an environment to transform me into something that I want to feel, that I want to touch. My time is a premium. My mm -hmm. attention is at a premium. You need to earn that right to be in mm -hmm. my life. Yep. That's and that's, that's hard. That's hard to do because data won't tell you that. Right, yep. Nor, nor will she necessarily, right? No. It's not going to be a declarative. You need to do this for nope. me. This is what I need. The interpretation is a kind of where we are. Now. It's the, and as you know, so this sort of movement, I think, that folks are beginning to step back from material, materiality, consumerism, everything. I've recently taken a little bit of a step back in my own life, and I'm one of about seven people at this point that I know just to take a breath and enjoy my life. I've been working for yeah. 30 years, right. raising a child, doing all of this good stuff, yeah. and the fear in that moment is immense. The perspective, and we've talked about this yeah. before too, has been transformative um, and gives me a, a real point of view, just, just stepping back and taking a look around. You're so into the cell, cell, yep. cell. Yep. Yeah, and it's a, it's a bit, if you're that close to everything, whether it's in marketing or just your personal life, if you're that close and that pressed, you're not going to see actually what we're responsible for as professionals. You're going to miss all of that nuance because it doesn't live in an obvious place. I'm putting my hands up and moving them. Right. You know, it's like magic. It's not, we can track it. It's data-driven, those kinds of things too. But it's, it's something that's beyond the obvious. It's something that we're responsible for and we have to understand, but it's way beyond something that's tangible in a way that people want to see. The Watson computer um, has been around as long as I can remember. It's now solving problems using machine learning and AI and things to solve complex problems, but it's still not getting at the nuance, and it would be very hard-pressed to get at the nuance. You need humans to get at the nuance. Yep. So what, what the hell with retail? What is going on? The death of retail. No the one's doomsday gonna, prophecy. No, right, no one's going to shop. It's over. No one's going to shop anymore. We're just going to go to festivals. We're going to enjoy our experiences. Only shopping online. Only shopping That's online. It. What is going on? It is. It's a bit doomsday. And it? Amazon's just the last nail. Taking the over the world. Right. right. I'm cynical, of course, but not completely wrong. But there's reasons cheek. for it, right? Tongue in cheek. So I like to think of it, and we've talked about this, as an evolution, not an extinction. And we are, we love our catchphrases, right? You love opening up and seeing mm -hmm. that retail is dying every day, but we see success stories too. Mm -hmm. And I think what's dying, and if you think of it as evolution, it's adapt or die. So, and, and this is no exception. No. Every, every industry, right? Stop trying to market to the customer or put her in an environment that comes mm -hmm. from 1972 because right. she has, she, he has mm -hmm. different needs and yeah. the people who will make a difference are the ones who adapt to, we talk about experience, but it mm -hmm. really is 
experience. It's me. something different. Right, me. Give me what I'm yes. looking for. What, again, kind of back to what we were saying earlier, connect me to something meaningful. When I want it. Right, of course. Yeah, it could be just a space. It could be just a short moment of, of peace or clarity or silence or just in kind of crazy noise, but you just want to escape it. That's not a brand moment. And the classic... 1972 version of shopping is the salespeople wait for someone to walk in the store. Of course, the shopping experience is very different than the buying experience. Now, with the mobile devices, you have a very different kind of, very different kind of experience, and we're almost always disappointed. We may shop and buy, but we're almost always because it's everything's accessible. I think that retailers today are potentially looking for a different silver bullet than the one that they have. So mm -hmm. my point is, mm -hmm. if you have a unique value proposition, you don't have to come up with a new value proposition. Mm -hmm. Just need to adapt how you put it in front of the consumer or make it available for consumption. Mm -hmm. Yep. So thinking creatively about what has to be done, what are we starting to see emerge or what are you starting to feel as from your purview, and I have my own views as well, what are we starting to see emerge that successful? Is the combination of what, this and that, or, or that vibe that some, let's call it a retail experience mm -hmm. in some way, what are they bringing to life that's connecting people such that they're sticking around? It's not an overt buying process. Mm -hmm. So I'm really intrigued and have been for a while with some of this social shopping. I have and I have hosted trunk shows at my home. I'm not bringing my friends in and selling them $10,000 worth of jewelry or beauty product mm -hmm. or anything like that. I'm hosting a champagne brunch with 25 friends and I'm enjoying that experience. And at the end of the day, they're walking away with a quality product mm -hmm. or skincare or whatever the case may be. But the product's not the reason they came. They, they came for a party. They came to hang out, right, for a they champagne brunch. They came to brunch. hang out. Right. Or we go, my girlfriends and I will go and have lunch and by way of getting to said destination, happen to shop. Right. It's, it's not linear anymore. And it's too, there's too much information at my fingertips to try and sell me something outright. Yep. A promotion isn't going to get me somewhere. Yep. Yeah, and I see that in e-commerce also, that if it comes, if the lowest common denominator is an email to get me out of my chair, to go shopping in New York in January. Mm. That's a last gasp hope that maybe I'll, I'll make a change and get in my car or I'll walk if I live somewhere near a store. That's not gonna solve the retail problem. And so at the time we have so many stores closing and bankruptcies and this struggle, we were talking about a brand earlier this morning, the struggle with well, what do I do now? Let's just do everything. Right. Let's just spray it all out there or something will work. You would, really, you would really imagine that brands would be stepping back and overhauling and changing what they're doing to solve the problem. And yet they have a hard time doing that because they're still so caught up with what they have to do to hit their numbers and, and kind of follow through on everything that was the strategies for the season. Like, how do we break out of that? It goes back to what we talked about before. We need a strategy. We need to make money. We need demand, and there will be demand. We have to think differently about how we get it mm -hmm. and what we say to the consumer. 
Um, and when we say it, I just, how many emails do you have in your inbox? That I'll admit to. <laughs> <laughs> More than 15,000, yeah. Exactly. And we open them, right? We open them because of the business that we're in and what we do. Right. But the last time, and I, I love email as a medium, let me just say that. Mm. It's interesting what engages me. And it's usually not an email that's targeted to sell me anything. It's an email that's telling me or talking to me. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know that every contact has to sell so overtly. Yeah, yeah that's, I, I, that's what I would say is the heart of the change that, that brands and the support system around them, investors included, haven't really solved or not really willing to solve is diving in there and really understanding through research and analytics and data, of course, what's going on. You don't have to say, okay, it's time to buy. I already know that. In fact, we worked our whole careers to train people to know okay. exactly what to do. We don't have to tell them. We just have to rethink how, how we present those moments and in what environments and what context. Data gives you the where and when and mm -hmm. who to target. I, mm -hmm. I, I believe it has its place, yeah. um, and it's critically important. We talked about the pendulum swing. Yeah. Again, the human element of perspective is, is priceless. And I believe if retailers could take a step back just for a moment and add that perspective, they might get a different answer. But we get scared of those answers because they could be radically different than what we've done before, and we tend to cling to old methodologies or approaches to win. Yep. D doesn't it come down to why, ultimately? Why, why should I let you right. into my life? Yep, why should, right. From the consumer's point of view, why should I let you into my life? And from the brand point of view, why is this happening? I don't understand. Why, why is this happening and what do I do about it so that I don't, I don't wreck the business I'm in in order to be in the business that I have to be? That's a tough change, but like we've seen with lots and lots of industries that have not evolved, extinction is not a choice if you don't adapt. It's Agreed. Just, it's, just, it's just gonna happen. It's just gonna happen, yeah. yeah. The evolution is interesting. I think it's exciting. I think that this is a, a great time for brands and retailers to play and experiment mm -hmm. and, and find out something different with mm -hmm. an inordinate amount of information. Yep, now we have all the data we, right, that we need to be able to understand. We need another layer is part of what we're talking about today. Absolutely. That layer of understanding about how he or she has evolved and changed. What am I passionate about? What, what does get me up out of my chair? What gets me feeling good about myself? That transformative part of all of us that just want to be a little bit better or want to connect with something that has more meaning. Or, and, and I'd love you to just talk about this example. Um, that's my favorite. That makes me feel the best. <laughs> that makes me feel the happiest. Yes, we have a, a mutual friend who took a step back from life to, to reprioritize, recenter, find her passion. And there is no longer anything in her life that is not her favorite. Yeah. 
And does that include what's on the wall, what she What's wears, on the wall, or? what she wears, what she buys, what she keeps, what she doesn't keep. How about friends? Is it my favorite? Is she still talking to you? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, yes, yes, I think I'm still on the yes, list, I right? Yes, I think so. Right. Um, but it was a, a very simple and profound way of yeah. editing yeah. and simplifying, because along with this evolution is sort of the simplification. Right. How then does a brand become her favorite? How is she discovering brands and who is she giving the right to speak to her? Well, we'll see in that situation, and she's not alone. I'm sure the, the people that are going to watch this are going to ponder their, you know, wonder about their own life and, wow, that's like really profound. But when you make that choice, how does any brand break through? The, the barrier to, to access is incredibly high. Incredibly to high. To be my favorite. Oh, my gosh. It's a, and it's, it's a, not a one-shot deal. Like, wow, that's the greatest thing ever, right? It's going to have to... And it could be a favorite just one time. One product, one and time, and, and then on to the next. Yeah. So I think that's what, I think that's what we are seeing. It's, I think there's a pr profound evolution, mm -hmm. connectivity, human element that's happening. Yeah, what do I care about? Right. It's the time for experimentation. We have the retail world we've talked about. The consumer having access to technology galore the accessibility that a consumer has to his or her own data. And that a brand has to their data. That, right, both sides of the same equation. We have a pretty crazy world that we live in. A little bit. It seems like more than ever it's a time to take risks. And it is very cliche to say innovation, you know, now's the time to innovate. But as marketers and brands and consumers really in this triangular relationship now where everyone has equal power, arguably the consumer he and she have way more than, than the brands do, uh, and the service providers, it is the time to step back. It's better than the alternative. Right. Well, we talked about extinction, right? The, the choice is pretty clear. The downside risk of doing nothing is way worse than taking a risk. What's your quote that I love? Oh, that... A new idea only has to be better than the worst thing you're doing. Exactly. Not better than the best thing that you're doing. So when people say, oh, I have no budget for experimenting, all my money I invest has to make money at a certain thresholds. But when you press them just a little bit, and you lived on that side, mm -hmm. just a little bit, and I said, come on, what's the worst thing you've done? And you give me the eye roll, all right, fine, we sponsored a parade, we probably shouldn't have, <laughs> I don't know if that's true, we I don't probably shouldn't have done the parade. It was a really bad idea. And it cost us whatever, you know, $50,000. Take that money. Give me that fifty grand. i am going to be no worse than the worst thing. And we're going to go mess around with VR and AR. We're going to go mess around with some of this new machine learning opportunities. It may not succeed, but it will not be worse than, and, I'm, and this is totally mm -hmm. me making this up, it will be not, not be worse than the parade idea. Or, the, or, or your worst idea, you have permission, and you may hit the jackpot, I think, as... As retailers and marketers, we look to, I mean, even last year sounds so far away, last week, last month, that worked, do it again and beat it over the head until it, until it stops working instead of coming up with something a little bit more interesting for the consumer. And the worst thing that will happen is you'll learn what didn't work. Right. And it's all measurable. Like I, I said to somebody the other day, just around this conversation, I said, what if every single day I wore the exact same shirt, color, size, sleeve length, and jacket, and pants, and belt, and socks, and shoes, every single day for a year. 
By about the second week, you'd be completely bored out of your mind with me because no matter what I said, I have no variability, I have no dynamic, I have nothing interesting going on visually. Maybe initially you'd pay more attention to what I'm saying, but eventually you get bored of that too. Because, just ignore you. Right, eventually, and brands have run into the same problem. It just looks and sounds and smells the same. In a world where 50% of searches, and arguably 60% by the end of 18, mm. is gonna be voice, well now what do we do? When search isn't type into a bar or type Speak into a phone, it. I just talk into my phone and my search ask could be this long. What do I do now as a brand? Find a signature, isn't that what you said? Yeah. Start like appealing to all sign- of the senses. Yeah, an audio signature. I, I think Where's the, this going? the step back, so we talked about I have time for me, I am the luxury yeah. as, a, as a marketer, a retailer, an agency, to just take a step back and be the, um, what is it, the warm knife for the butter because you ask yeah, the most I'm obvious right, idea. Yeah. This isn't groundbreaking, doesn't have to be the smartest thing you've ever heard, but sometimes simplicity is the smartest thing you've ever heard. The perspective that you get and the innovation that you can drive from there is, is where good ideas are incubated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the space of, of organizations today too, there is the, the good ideas don't come out of you know, one office somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. in the ivory tower either. Right. Um, I've heard some folks and folks that I really look up to and they look to have a mentor-mentee relationship with millennials so that they learn, they learn different things about mobile apps or whatever the mm-hmm. case may be. I think there is, in the space, in the spaces and the quiet is where folks are innovating and that's, those are the, the people who are going to win. I totally agree with that. The, the spaces and the cracks is where the innovation is. Now the crack will will grow as you exploit it mm-hmm. if you've come up with the right idea. But the the bigger brands, the scaled brands who have seemingly more to lose than to gain with experimenting aren't going to go there. Often dismissed because, oh, it's just too small. It's not worth the effort. But what gets lost somehow in there is everything is measurable. I mean, it's, it's, it's the joy in our industry, but also most things can be measured. Now, you can't measure love and you can't measure relationship vibes and those kinds of things with Yet. math. Yeah, those things potentially are coming, but lots of other organizations have tried to figure that out and no one can predict last weekend probably after six years of never listening to Frank Sinatra, I just got in a Frank Sinatra mood. No way Spotify figures that out. No way. Didn't even show up as a recommendation. No, there's no way. And nor could Amazon actually predict exactly what I'm going to need next in my life if I'm exploring something brand new. And so the human element is such a big part of the experimentation responsibility we have, I guess. And you often say this as well, how do you earn the right as a, as a brand to to be step into that intimate relationship? I think it's a privilege. Somebody. I think that, that brands have the privilege to come into my life. And instead of we will be here and we will sell you something and you will buy it, it's now because I have all of the information, I will allow you to be mm-hmm. my favorite. Right. Yep. I will invite you into my space. Uh, you know, the other thing that we've talked about is 
and, and it's an uncomfortable idea for marketers today, when not to say anything at all. Because sometimes the silence of marketing can be deafening mm -hmm. and draw more awareness from a consumer than 54 messages over five different places while yep. you're stalking me. Just one more email, right. Right? one more phone call. Exactly. It, the, this creativity series, The Creative Spaces, in a few episodes we have explored music as, as a creative perspective and an angle into this problem-solving question we're, we're tossing around. And music is a, is, a, is a great way to see it and feel it and, of course, not feel it. Is The spaces between the notes are way more important than the notes in s themselves because that creates the tension, that creates that moment of pause that gets us to pay attention, that gets us moving forward, not retreating. Right. And if you don't wait for the space and everything's just noise, then inevitably you can't see where you're going. And I know that's, uh, that's metaphorical to an extreme somehow in an industry that's everything's measurable. The, the skating backwards metaphor definitely is relevant in the retail category and in marketing more generally that we have to be pushing forward. We have to innovate. Again, that, that risk of, of just keeping it status quo and just nibbling on the edges, I know that drives you crazy. Mm -hmm. Just a little tiny, let's just mess around and see what we can figure out mm -hmm. with little tiny dollars. That's not going to change a broken industry or an industry that's gone through such dynamics. You need the trust. You need the trust and the faith and the confidence to do it. But mm -hmm. I think, it, you know, back to the point is, it's better than the alternative. Mm -hmm. And I'd rather test and learn and experiment and innovate and still be around. Yep, as hard as it is, because it's not easy to. It's come not up easy. With these things. Yeah. It's impossible yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Right. <laughs>